Well, Andrea Gilligan is here to tell us about Lunchtime Live. Should we teach self-defence classes in schools, Pat? Who's going to do the teaching? Well, it's actually... Miss O'Brien? Yeah, no, no. It's a security expert um, is actually calling for this who teaches martial arts, um, Krav Mag, I think it is. It's a sort of a self-protection, different type of a system. But... He's calling for uh, self-defence classes to be rolled out in schools across Ireland because he says there's been about a thousand percent, a huge increase over the past number of years in the number of women going to self-defence classes. And I'm interested in chatting to people about this today, whether it's parents of young people who've maybe recently decided to start going to self-defence, you know, lessons Mm. or maybe they actually just think something like this yeah. would be a good idea. I, I, I really haven't thought about this too no, much. And you know, whether it makes kids yeah. cocky thinking they can protect themselves when in fact they might not be able to, to do so. Well, I remember as a reporter here years ago, actually for you, for your show, going mm-hmm. out to um, the Hard Target Self-Defence uh, School out in Dublin and, and doing a lesson out there for a report to see why more people were going to lessons. Um, and I often thought afterwards, maybe I should, you know, it might be a good idea to go and do a few classes. I never followed it up. I never did. But you know, maybe there's no harm in knowing what So we have to teach them to drive, teach them self I don't know if it's the place of schools though. Anyway, I want to hear what people think. 087-1400-106. Porry Horkin is listening to that. Uh, He is in the west of Ireland. Um, Is it a misty, moisty west of Ireland or is the sun shining with you, Porrick? It's a little bit dull, Pat, but it's dry, which is the most important thing. And speaking of the weather, we're promised measuring are promising heavy frost on Friday night into Saturday morning. So for listeners that have any tender plants like geraniums or coleus or begonias out of doors, please bring them in because that frost is going to be quite heavy. And also we touched on tree ferns last week, Pat. My advice was to put some straw or fleas to protect them. This week this week would be a good time to do that with that frost imminent. Now, you want to talk about selecting a Christmas tree. Time was when every Christmas tree you brought home, it shed even before Christmas and you were left sweeping up all the time. They were the days of the old noble fir, Pat, yeah, and as a, a couple of days after putting them up, the needles started to fall. But thankfully, the Irish growers of Christmas trees produce wonderful non-shedding Christmas trees. So my advice this weekend with, this, with the toy show imminent on Friday night, it's now a really good time to get your Christmas tree. They're, they're literally coming into the garden centres as I speak. The trees to look for are the Normandii non-shedding Christmas tree. They'll hold, they're full of resin. They have that beautiful pine fresh smell and they hold their needles well into the new year. A little tip, when you're getting your Christmas tree, make sure that it's good and heavy for its size. Also cut off the end, treat it like a bunch of flowers, Pat. We take off about two to three inches of the stem of the plant to open up the pores and make sure you get a really good uh, self-watering base for the tree. So have it in, uh, sitting in at least two to three inches of water, fresh water, right through the Christmas period. That'll help to keep it fresh. But yeah. I mean, it's not growing, but what does it do? Does it just suck up the, the moisture and keep the whole thing? Uh, you exactly. Know? It's like oh. it's like a cut flower patch. Okay. You bring a bunch of flowers home, you cut off the base of the stem. That just opens up the pores, opens up the capillaries, and the fresh water is literally absorbed by the tree over the Christmas period. So you help to keep the tree that little bit fresher. If you're placing it anywhere near a radiator, my advice is to knock the radiator off. Uh, so keep the temperatures as cool as possible in the sitting room or wherever you're erecting the tree. And your local garden centre will actually wrap the tree for you. Bring the tree into the into the home, fully wrapped, put it into its stand, put in the fresh water, and then, only then, open up the tree, and that'll help to save knocking 
ornaments and it's an easier way to, to set up the tree. Now, but this, this is the weekend. The tree could be growing for 10 years before it's harvested for a Christmas tree. What about the people who say, listen, I bought a, an artificial tree. I've had it for 20 years, 25 years. Surely that's better than cutting down a tree every year. Tut, 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 Pat. Remember, the, the Irish far, the Christmas tree farmers are growing the trees for 10 years. That's absorbing oxygen or give a releasing oxygen, I should say, taking in carbon dioxide, creating a lovely habitat for wildlife. And those trees are replaced annually. So our Christmas tree growers are replanting thousands and thousands of trees every year, adding to biodiversity. So I think a fresh tree is the, is the only way to go because your artificial tree is made from petrol. It's plastic and um, is, is very difficult to recycle. So fresh tree for me is always the way to go. Now questions coming in thick and fast. Can you ask if anything can be done this late to tackle moss in the lawn to help for next year? Because I've never seen it as bad as it is this year. Well, I have to concur with your listener because I was looking at my own lawn yesterday, Pat, and I need to treat my own lawn again. So my advice is to put on the zero, the liquid zero. Um, This weather, this dry weather would be actually the perfect time to do that. You simply mix the zero in one part, in 10 parts of water, apply it to the entire lawn area. Not only will it get rid of the moss overnight, it would actually give the lawn a nice rich green colour. And I tend to treat my lawn again in January, early February. So keep on top of the moss because of the wet weather. We're seeing a huge abundance of moss, not just in lawns, but on patios as well. So get the zero out, get that on and uh, literally overnight to control the moss. Could Porig please recommend a good time to trim or prune a weeping elm? That's from Paula. Oh. Paula, what a beautiful tree. I mean, elms, Pash, are uh, very, very rare in our landscape because of Dutch elm disease, which attacked the trees back in the 80s and 90s. So it's very rare to get an elm tree here in Ireland, even though they are natives. And a weeping elm is, is most unusual. So it's very important to protect this tree. Any pruning of elms should be done in late spring, late March, early April, so they callous over very quickly because it's a small beetle that actually spreads the disease. My advice really would be, because it's such a rare tree, I would get an arboriculturist or a tree surgeon in to do the pruning in the springtime uh, and to make sure the tree is looked after because that's a very, very rare tree and something that needs to be protected. Another uh, old plant, I have a very old rose tree, 50 years old. Can I risk pruning it back? It's very scrawny. Yes, you can. I mean, uh, 50 years, wow, that's a record. Uh, Normally, roses will live up to about 25 years. So it's obviously very healthy and doing really well. I would actually take some cuttings of it as well and maybe try to propagate it over the winter period. But you can do some pruning as well. I mentioned last week about shortening back roses to take the weight out of them and then do the final pruning as we come into March. Mid-March is really a really good time. So just take the height out of it now, shorten it back by a foot or 18 inches and then as we get into March of next year to the final pruning. Mm. Uh, I have small, real Christmas trees in pots. The pots are big, but the trees are not doing well. What can I feed them? That's from Wendy. Wendy, I wouldn't feed them at this time of year. All trees are dormant this time of year. They've stopped growing. Same with Christmas trees. So leave them, leave them alone in the pots until next spring. And as we come into spring, then you can use a liquid feed. Um, something like SuperGrow would, wor- would work really well. So our Colour Boost, one of those liquid feeds from about the middle of March onwards. So we're feeding 
Christmas trees from March right through till July. But you stop at this time of year. Uh, new front garden, 20 by 20 feet, north facing. I want two or three perennials with some colour to plant around my fern, which is the centrepiece. That's from Aaron. Any suggestions? Aaron, well, if it's an established tree fern, I mean, if it's something that's five or six feet high, then you could put put in a couple of taller perennials. Now, I'm mindful that it's north facing, so it is going to be shaded. So Acanthus mollus is one of my favourite perennials. This plant has beautiful glossy green foliage, white and pink flowers right throughout the summer. It's a really nice plant. Campanulas Persifola would work really well as well in the shade, shaded area. If you wanted something a bit lower, maybe something shorter, you could consider some of the anemones that flower from July right through. There actually some of them are still in flower at the moment. Or even some of the Brunneras. There's a lovely one called Jack Frost, which has got lovely um, variegated foliage and again tolerates the shade really well. My advice really, Pat, is to take a picture of the area, a pop into your local garden centre, and it's a really good time to plant, plant perennials to flower next year. Uh, someone has a, a, a canna, which was doing very well in uh, the summer in a pot in the garden, Great. now in yeah. a cold greenhouse. Do I cut it back or just leave it to dry? Would allow it to dry back, and once the foliage has dried back on the canna lily, uh, you can cut it back at that stage. It will re-emerge from, from soil level again. It would be important, again with the frost coming this Friday, Saturday, to cover the canna lily with some garden fleece and cut back on the watering as well. Allow it to basically go to sleep for the winter in the greenhouse and have it covered with the garden fleece to keep the heavy frost, because frost will still penetrate a cold greenhouse, so it is important to cover tender plants with some garden fleece. And a final one. Uh, would Porig happen to have a recipe for a homemade weed killer? Well, you can use acetic acid patch, which is basically vinegar. Um, that can be used. It, it basically scorches the foliage back and, and controls the weeds that way. So that can be used any time from the late March right through to the end of the summer. My my trick to keeping the weeds at bay, Pash, is to get yourself a good garden hoe. And the one I recommend is one made from wolf. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for the perfect Christmas present for the gardener in your life, get a wolf stainless steel garden hoe. I use mine every week during the summer period, and it's terrific for controlling mm-hmm. weeds organically. Very good. Uh, Porik, thank you very much for joining us. Porik Horkin of the Horkin Garden Centre uh, family. And a reminder now that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the News Talk app part by Golad. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.